Well, welcome to our Good Friday service. It is wonderful that you can be with us here in person and also online. We've been looking at uh, Mark's Gospel uh, leading up to Easter. We've been taking our, a, a journey through all of Mark's Gospel. And we've been exploring the, the words, the ways and the works of Jesus Christ. And so we now come to the great salvation of all of the world, where Jesus gave himself up to us on the cross for the redemption of all people of their sins. And see, this is a key, pivotal moment in our history where the redemptive grace of God is at hand and it is actually found in Jesus. So as we come to remember the crucifixion of Jesus today, I actually want to focus upon Peter's denial of Jesus and what it means for us as disciples as we walk our journey with Jesus ourselves. What does it mean that Peter denied? See, as I focus upon Peter today, I want you to think about how we may deny Jesus as well. So often as we walk through our lives, we often find ourselves, especially within our Christian walk, that we find ourselves in a place where our words and our actions don't meet up. They don't align. We say one thing and we do another. We find ourselves just like Peter, claiming that he would follow Jesus even to the point of suffering with Jesus. And yet, moments later, he denies him. Yet I find great comfort in this story. And it may sound odd for me to be saying that at this day, that I find comfort in the fact that Peter denied Jesus. And let me explain this. See, Jesus has already proclaimed that Peter is the rock and the one whom the church is going to be built upon. Upon you, Peter, I will build my church. We know this proclamation and the preaching of Jesus and the prophecies of Jesus, and yet Jesus prophesied that Peter will deny him as well today. But see, the thing is that it, even though Peter denied, God still built the church upon him. Even though Peter denied, God still bought, bought, built the church upon him. Because our God is a God of hope, is a God of restoration, is a God of forgiveness, is a God that even in this moment when we remember and we recollect back for ourselves Jesus' death on the cross, we realise that this is a moment of forgiveness and of restoration. So let us just hear the words of the Gospel of Mark again as we, as we listen to these words and I want you to focus upon as we hear them, not just placing them in history, but placing yourself there, placing yourself in this moment because as we focus on the words, the ways and the works of Jesus Christ, it is about what it means for us to understand who Jesus is, to understand how he challenged and encouraged 
and drew the disciples out to do so much more. But we also realise it is about our journey as well. Our journey in following Jesus. Our journey in understanding what God has for us. So let us hear again. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me for the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But when I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. And Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. See, there's, there's the bold statement from Peter. There's his statement, and, and I want to put this in the framework so that we can kind of comprehend what this means for us. See, Peter is there with all of the disciples. There's no pressure around him. They've, they've been doing great things, and Jesus has been doing great things in the temple. They've, they've had this moment together with the Passover and sharing it, what we call the Last Supper. And he claims that even when Jesus says, you're going to deny me, we're all going to scatter. Peter, in that moment of, of being close, together, says, I'm never going to. And then Jesus replied to him and said, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you. Notice that. Even if I have to die with you. He's declaring with his words that he's going to go right to the end. I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. And then what we have is that as we've been exploring through the week, this week, through our online messages, we've been exploring what has been happening around Good Friday. And we know that Jesus is praying in the garden and the disciples couldn't stay awake. We know that he is arrested and brought before the Jewish council in Jerusalem, the Sanhedrin. We know that Jesus is then taken to Pilate to be judged and then sent off to be crucified. And it is in this moment between Jesus going from the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, to Pilate, that we find this moment where Peter is challenged about his association with Jesus. And it says, Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below, and one of the servants' girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself by the fire. See, Peter wanted to be close, wanted to be part of it. He was... And I can only just imagine the emotion going through Peter at this point in time. And just to understand that he's going, they've taken him and he's allowed himself to be taken. And so looking at him closely, this servant girl, and said, you are one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter then denied it. I don't know what you are talking about. He said, and he went out into the entranceway, and just then the rooster crowed for the first time. And then the servant girl saw him standing there. She began telling the others, this man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some other bystanders confronted Peter and said, you must be one of them because you are a Galilean. And Peter swore a curse on me if, I, if I'm lying. 
I don't know this man you were talking about. That is such a big denial. I've travelled with him. I've listened with him. There's promise to build my church upon him. I've just claimed I will never deny you. I will never leave you. And yet three times he says, and he says, I don't even know this man. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time and suddenly Jesus' words just floods back upon Peter. It comes into his mind that says, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you will even know me. And Peter broke down and wept. I think the thing is that Peter realises that his words and his actions just didn't meet. So the question I have for you as we come into looking at our Good Friday readings, what happens when our words and our actions don't align with one another? And specifically thinking about our own journey with God, with Jesus Christ, our own walk with Jesus, our own decision to follow Jesus and what, what was promised to us. See, here Peter is actually full of passion and he's full of promise. And see, no matter what, he says that in the passion, when he's with the disciples, other disciples, he's never going to leave Jesus. And, and I want to say this, passion is great for you. Passion in Jesus Christ is great for you, but passion alone is never enough. Being passionate about God and God's grace to us, being passionate about Jesus Christ is never enough if our actions never show it. And see, the thing here is that we know that Peter, even though he denies Jesus, he is then after Jesus' resurrection, after the Holy Spirit comes upon, Peter is bold and declares who Jesus is. He goes from denying to declaring, and his actions start meeting up because he's got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit upon his life. And he can speak boldly and confidently. But here's the thing. We know that because we read these passages from the basis of Easter Sunday. We read these passages knowing what has happened. And in that moment, Peter doesn't know. And he weeps because of what he's done, because of what is left behind. See, Peter's actions were that of denial. And I want to say this. And it may seem strange, but without the denial of Peter, we wouldn't actually have the message of going out. Let me, let me put that. Without the denial of Peter, we wouldn't actually have the message come out. Why? Because in that moment... That crowd, those people, that council wanted to squash and destroy and get rid of Jesus at any cost. And anybody associated with him 
would have met the same fate. So Peter's denial was self-preservation in that moment. But without that, we wouldn't have the church established upon Peter. But that doesn't stop the pain. That doesn't stop the heartache. That doesn't stop the fact that he did deny. And it hurts. So this Good Friday, 2021, we find ourselves that Jesus, the Son of God, a man... Fully man, fully human, fully God at the same time. He's here on earth. And he's willing to give himself up on the cross so that we can receive forgiveness. So even though we may, Peter may have denied Jesus, he still received the forgiveness found through Jesus Christ's great act for us. So I ask you this question as we reflect upon our own journey. Have you been denying Jesus in your life? Have our words shown something and our actions shown that we deny Jesus? Have we done it out of self-preservation? Have we done it out of our behaviour that we've carried on all of our lives? That is a denial. So we all fall short in our lives. And see, this is the thing. We all fall short. We all fail. And there's, here's a classic failure that Peter has, a denying. Peter that personally followed Jesus all those years, listened with his closest friend and confidant here on earth, denies him. Denies him in his greatest hour of need. And yet we all receive the same forgiveness of sin if we're willing to accept Jesus as our Lord of our life. Peter's denial didn't stop his forgiveness from Jesus. And we, really, we need to realise for ourselves that we are not defined by our failures. We're not defined by our mistakes. We all will make mistakes. We'll all come to a point where we will deny, but we are not defined by that. We are actually defined by the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ in our lives. So Jesus, Peter realised that he had failed Jesus and he broke down and cried. We need to realise that that even when we fail, God doesn't fail us. God doesn't judge us. He forgives us. And this is what the cross is all about. The cross is all about God's forgiveness that is made real in a world of brokenness and failure. So I want to take this time and I want to pray with you. I want you to open up your hearts, your mind to God today. So as I pray, I want you to take those moments of your failures. Take those moments when you feel like that you have not succeeded, when you may have denied. 
and bring them in. I'll leave space for you to make your own prayers, to say them to God. And then after I pray, I'm going to read the passage of the crucifixion. And we're going to then after that, just take the moment to sit into this space and let God's saving grace flow upon each and every one of us. So let's just pray together. God, we just come in this moment where the world is running around us, where life is busy, and we find ourselves caught up in the moments and the busyness of the world around us. Lord, help us to still ourselves. Help us to bring a moment when we hear your loving grace flow upon us. Lord, we today we come before you in a time of remembering your crucifixion upon the cross. And we remember the denial that Peter had. But we know that even when we make mistakes in our lives, no matter what they are, Lord, you forgive us. So today, we bring our failures, we bring our mistakes, we bring our denials to you, God. And we lay them at the foot of the cross. We lay them there for your forgiveness to flow upon us. We lay them there so that we may claim your forgiveness in your name. Lord, we are not defined. Help us not be defined by our mistakes, but by your love, by your grace by your redemption that brings us back into that relationship with you, God. Lord, help us to know your love for us today. Amen. Passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, and they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, and they offered him wine drugged with myrrh but he refused it. And then the soldiers nailed him to the cross and they divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. 
It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him and it read, the King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passed by shouting abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha! Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so that we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. And at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said. Let's see whether Elijah comes and takes him down. And then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he claimed, this man truly was the Son of God. And may we today indeed claim for ourselves that Jesus is the Son of God one who has saved the world and us. Amen.